0: welcome to lead on a program where we talk about practical issues related to ministry leadership i'm jeff orge the president of gateway seminary it's my opportunity every week to talk with you about the practical side ministry leadership. On this program, we try to delve into the personal, everyday, practical challenges of what it means to lead a church or a ministry organization. So whether you're a pastor or a director or an elder or a deacon, or whether you're fulfilling some kind of ministry role in a church or ministry organization or nonprofit or something like that, this program's for you. Now, today I want to talk about an interesting topic that uh, you might not be surprised I would address since my day job is being a seminary president. But I want to talk about the importance of training for ministry leaders. It's interesting to me that as I talk with people today who are involved in ministry or who are preparing for or thinking about a lifetime of ministry service, that many of them want to get to the activity of leading without the steps of training that sometimes lead or should lead to those responsibilities. You know, it's interesting that in our world today, only in ministry leadership do people think that they can take significant responsibility without first having some serious training. Think about, for example, the people in your life that you depend on for your medical care. They have years of training, certifications that are required, continuing education uh, that's essential. All of these things are a part of you being sure that you're getting quality medical care. Think about your attorney. Your attorney went to college and then on to law school and then likely served some kind of an internship or a beginning training type practice before they went out on their own or became a leader in a law firm. Think about your people that handle your finances. You have to have credentials to be a CPA or a certified financial planner. You wouldn't go to someone who uh, read some articles on the internet and trust them with your retirement funds. No, you want someone who's been to school, who's trained, who's, who knows what they're doing and who understands the industry in which they're working. Well, that's enough illustrations. I could go on and on. All of us depend on trained, skilled, credentialed professionals to give us significant guidance in medicine, law, and our finances, So why then do we not expect the same of ministry leaders? And if you're a ministry leader today, why is it that you think that you can do an adequate job without that kind of formal training as a foundation and as a bulwark really for you in a lifetime of leadership and service? Now I speak on a lot of college campuses and a frequent question I get asked by college students is, Why should I go for seminary or Bible college or some kind of training program? Why should I do that when the needs are so great, the opportunities are real, and I just need to plunge into ministry as quickly as possible? They ask me those questions, and they typically give me some objections to why they think formal training is required. And it's not just college students who say these things to me. These are kind of common themes I hear from people who are, really questioning whether or not they should devote some time to formal training. The first one is, formal training just takes too long. Who wants to sit in class for two or three or four years learning things that are just going to take me months and months and months to master? I want to get on to it. I want to start preaching. I want to start counseling. I want to start leading. Well, of course you do. But remember those illustrations I gave at the beginning of the program? None of us would validate short-circuiting the training for attorneys or physicians or finance leaders. None of us would be pleased if they said, you know, I didn't really need to get the training. It just was going to take too long. But I did read an article on the internet, or I looked at a book, or I went to a seminar once, and man, I'm ready to manage your retirement, or man, I'm ready to handle your legal issues about these property questions you're asking, or man, I'm willing to do surgery on you because I watched a video on it once. None of us would accept that excuse of, well, it just took too long to get training. No, that's not a good excuse at all. And sometimes people say, yeah, but formal training just seems so out of date. I mean, if you do formal ministry training, you know what they're going to require you to do? They're going to require you to study like Greek and Hebrew, and they're going to require you to study theology and... Old Testament and New Testament, and they're going to make you read books about these things and go in depth and trying to understand these issues in ways that are really challenging and frankly are oftentimes just seemingly out of date, talking about things in the past and things that have been done before. And yeah, I get that. But ministry training is not out of date just because it depends on the tried and true understanding we have of what people really need to know to be effective in ministry leadership. You know, people who do formal ministry training have only been doing it for about 400 years (laughs) in the evangelical church. Don't you think somewhere along the way that 400 years of training has sort of winnowed out what needs to be taught and what leaders need to really sustain themselves over a lifetime of service? So training really isn't out of date. It's more timeless in that regard. Another objection people raise to me is formal training just costs too much. I mean, you expect me to pay tuition to a school or pay a registration for a, uh, a year or two of training in a program. It just costs too much. Well, really, does it? If you look at the cost of most uh, seminaries and Bible schools and other formal training opportunities, you'll find that they are significantly less than what people are paying to be trained in other areas. I had a personal experience with this. Uh, My daughter got a Master's of Education from one of the premier universities on the West Coast, a Pac-12 school. It was a one-year Master's of Education program, and we know what that cost, we helped her pay for it. I compared that to a three-year program at a seminary in the same area. It was the same total cost. So you can get three years of seminary training for what you can get one year at a major university. So before you think that ministry training is just too expensive, understand how inexpensive it really is compared to the cost of education in our world. Well, there's another objection people sometimes raise to get getting formal training, and this one is a little more serious for me. Sometimes people say, Well, I don't want to take formal ministry training because it it really drains my spiritual passion. I'm afraid I'm going to lose the fire if I go for training. Well, does that sometimes happen? Well, of course it does. But there are lots of life demands that drain spiritual passion, and education and training can be one of them. But if you choose your school wisely, you choose your training program wisely, You'll find that the exact opposite happens, that your studies actually fuel your spiritual passion, that they actually accelerate your commitment to fulfilling the Great Commission, to making disciples in the name of Jesus, and to getting his work done. So be wise in choosing the kind of training that you receive and the people that you receive it from, because while any kind of formal approach to anything can deaden our passion for it, It doesn't have to. So here are these common objections that I hear. Formal training just takes too long. It's out of date. It costs too much, and it drains spiritual passion. And none of those objections really have merit. But now I want to turn it more toward the positive. You're out there today listening to this program, and you're thinking about starting out in pastoral ministry, or you're a youth pastor in a church, and you'd like to make a career of leading in pastoral ways. Now, you're a director of a ministry program, and you know, you've just gotten a taste of what it's like to work in an organization, and you'd like to devote your life to that kind of work, whether it's a school or a nonprofit of some kind, like a feeding center or a homeless shelter or some kind of uh, a crisis pregnancy work. You, you've gotten a taste. You, you, you feel that God wants you to do this with your life. And, and now you're wondering, should I get the training that is required that will be helpful it would lay out for me a foundation of life of, and a lifetime of service. Well, let me give you some reasons why I think formal training will really help you. The first one is this. Formal training lays a foundation for a lifetime of service. Now, sometimes people ask me, did you learn everything you needed to know about ministry by going to college and seminary? And my answer is very quickly, no way, no way. I've continued to learn and grow after seminary and college by going to conferences, reading books, attending seminars, listening to podcasts, and radio programs like this one. Sure, I've continued to grow. But what college and seminary did for me was it laid out a foundation that's really the base upon which everything else is built. It laid a foundation of theology, a foundation of Old and New Testament a foundation of understanding Greek and Hebrew and how uh, knowing something about them helps with understanding the Bible. It laid the foundation of church history and other foundations like evangelism, missions, preaching, counseling. All of these courses were a part of my foundational training for ministry. Now, again, I did not learn everything I needed to know about ministry in those contexts, but I did lay a significant foundation. I graduated from my school the last time about 40 years ago, and I've been learning and growing throughout my lifetime, but I've had that learning and growing resting on that firm foundation. Uh, Another way that formal training really helps is it makes us accountable to learn things we might not otherwise learn on our own. You know, one of the interesting things about working in a school environment like I do today is listening to students talk about what they're learning and how they didn't even know they needed it before they went to the class. My wife had this experience. She took a church history course and my wife doesn't really like to read that much and she knew she had to read a mountain of material for that class. And she's also not all that fascinated with history. It's a lot of bunch of dead guys and a lot of dates and a lot of stuff. It's okay. But I'll take the class because I know it's required. Well, a few weeks into the class, my wife came home in tears one day. And I asked, what happened in class? And she started telling me the story of what had happened as the professor lectured about some early martyrs and what they stood for and why it mattered and how those same arguments are still being conducted today these hundreds of years later and how the doctrines that they died for and that they established in the church have maintained uh, their orthodoxy down through the centuries, and how we're indebted to those who went long before us. And my wife, with tears, told me this story and said, I never knew about any of that, and I never even knew that I needed to know until I went to class today. Wow. Going for formal training will stretch your thinking, and hold you accountable to learn things you didn't even know you needed. I remember that I started out thinking I knew a lot about missions and evangelism, and then I went to my first classes in those subjects. I went into my first missions class, and I started hearing concepts explained and, uh, and strategies outlined and philosophies uh, uh, laid out, and I, I I was fascinated by all of this, and I realized that people had been thinking profoundly about the mission of God in ways that I had never even thought about considering. The same thing in the area of evangelism. I thought I knew a little bit about sharing the gospel. And then I went to class and had the panorama of opportunities and options open for me by listening to a professor who lectured from a global perspective, not from my little parochial perspective of my little town where I'd come from those early classes in missions and evangelism stretched my thinking in ways that I never could have anticipated up until that moment. In fact, they stretched me so much that I wound up doing a doctorate in missions and evangelism. I wanted to know everything possible about those fields because they were so fascinating to me, and I realized there was so much more out there than I ever imagined. I would liken it to this. I I, I was that proverbial iceberg. I Went to Bible college and seminary, and I had that little bit above the watermark of the iceberg, just the tip top. That's the part I knew about in the areas of missions and evangelism. And I got to the schooling, and I discovered that there was this massive amount of information below the waterline that I had never even considered. You know, I've watched this happen over and over and over with students over the years, how they come into training with a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of information, and then they see the panorama of what they can learn and the depth of what they need to know and the breadth of study that's gone on before they came along. And they are at first a bit overwhelmed by it and then excited and motivated to get into it. So formal training will stretch your thinking. If you're going to depend on uh, your own choices of seminars you're going to attend and books you're going to read and conferences you're going to go to, I can promise you that you're going to have a little narrow path that you're going to stay on in your ministry. You're just going to know a little bit about uh, about what you do, and you're going to be really comfortable with that because that's the path you've chosen and that's the niche that you're going to stay in. But if you go for formal training, you're going to be stretched because you're going to be accountable to others to challenge you, to help you to see that there's a much bigger world out there in what you're trying to learn and what you're trying to accomplish. Hey, that leads me to another good aspect of formal training, and that is it enlarges your worldview, especially if you go to a school that has a multicultural student body and a multicultural faculty. Now, I'm privileged at Gateway Seminary to have both of those. Every classroom at our school is like a meeting of the United Nations. People from all over the world join us in class. And not only going to class as a student, but then teaching in that context has certainly enlarged my worldview. You know, most people have an understanding of the world from their little perspective, from the town they grew up in, from the church where they first got started, from the culture in which they live, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. We all have a starting place. But I thank God that my worldview has been dramatically expanded by being in a multicultural learning environment. Getting to sit in class with people from Korea and China and Africa uh, getting to sit in class with people from the United States, but from different ethnic backgrounds, Hispanic, African American, others. Getting to listen to their perspective on the Bible. Getting to hear, their, to hear their perspective on church. Getting to hear their perspective on kingdom enterprises. Getting to hear their perspective even on theology. And then on practical issues like we talk about on this program on the way things are, uh, are uh, organized or administrated. These things have expanded my worldview so that I no longer see the world from just my little niche, but now I see a much broader perspective. And it's made me a much better Christian and a much, much better leader because formal training has enlarged my worldview. I often say in a classroom at our school if it's not true, if it's true in Seattle, it has to also be true in Singapore and also be true in Shanghai. If it's true in Moscow, it's got to also be true in Manhattan and down the street here in L.A. and Manhattan Beach. What I'm saying is that your worldview gets enlarged by formal training and you recognize that the way you've always done it and the way you've always been taught to do it may not be a globally acceptable way of applying that particular area of the Christian faith. So expanding your worldview is a good part of formal training. Uh, Another good part of formal training is it uh, incorporates on-the-job training. Now, I think there's a false dichotomy here that uh, needs to be uh, uh, abolished, really, in our thinking. A lot of people think that you, you go to seminary or you go to Bible college or you go to school or some kind of training institute, and you do that for two or three or four years before you do any ministry, Well, there may be some denominations or some segments of Christianity that require that, but most do not. Let me tell you what's a lot more common. What's a lot more common is people who are actively engaged in ministry in either significant volunteer roles or sometimes even in paid roles, those people who are actively involved in ministry are also at the same time getting training. And because they're getting training at the same time they're putting it into practice in their ministry setting, it becomes sort of an on the job training program where you're actually learning as you're or doing as you're learning and learning as you're doing. This is one of the best ways to integrate formal training with what's practically happening in ministry, and that is through this kind of on the job learning or on the job training. And also, it may surprise you that most formal training opportunities today in ministry training include some kind of structured internship. So not only do most people already involve themselves in ministry while they're getting the training that they're looking for, They also, in the context of that that training that they're receiving, have to then structure an internship. And for example, in our school, they last about a year. You have to structure that internship where you're in a formal learning environment in the -the on-the-job training session or on-the-job training uh, location where you're doing your ministry assignment. So Formal training is not divorced from or devoid of practical, on-the-job, internship-type training. In fact, it's often very much wedded together. Well, let me give you another way that formal training helps you, and that is formal training helps you by building a network for your lifetime. Now, you build this network in two different ways. First of all, formal training enables you to build a network of professors teachers, and mentors that will last you for a lifetime. Now, I've been in ministry leadership for a long time, and I have developed so many of these relationships over the years, and I have so many students who still reach out to me from time to time for some kind of guidance or direction. I don't mean they do it every day, and I don't hear from a student every day, but I hear from them regularly who email me and ask me a question, who want to talk with me about an issue or who have a concern. For example, this uh, last Monday, a few nights ago, I received a phone call from a young man that I've mentored for about 20 years, and he said, hey, I'm sorry to bother you, but I've got this one issue that I really need some help with. I said, no problem. What's the, what's the situation? And he, he mapped it out for me, and we just, on the phone, kind of talked through some of his options and some of the issues and some of the considerations of what he might do in that particular area. And then even today, I had an email from another person who's uh, saying, hey, I've uh, listened to you teach on this, and I've read your book about it, and now I just have a specific question about my situation. And he sent me an email, and I sent him a couple of paragraphs back to try to give him some guidance and direction on that. Now, you're probably listening to this program and thinking, well, man, I'd like to be able to email you and ask you a question. Well, go ahead and do so. But if you had me as a mentor along the way through formal training where I had you in class or had you in one of my conferences or had you in one of my sections of seminars here at the seminary, we'd already have that relationship. One of the greatest things that formal training does for you is gives you the opportunity to establish these kind of connections. I mentioned earlier that when I first went to seminary, I went into a missions and evangelism uh, classes, and I heard things taught that just really were mind-blowing and mind-expanding. And I developed a relationship with one of those professors while I was in school. And that relationship continued for many years after. He ultimately supervised me in my doctoral work. And then many years later, when I became a seminary president, that same professor that I met those many years ago in that first class on evangelism, that same professor came and preached the inaugural message at my beginning uh, of my service as a seminary president. That's what I'm talking about, this networking that you establish. And then there's another kind of networking that you get through formal training, and that's networking with fellow students, people who've gone through program with you, who've who've been in the foxhole, so to speak, who've had to do that midnight session to be sure they got through that test with you, and then to share the ministry uh, needs together and the ministry concerns together over lunch and praying in class for fellow classmates and for needs in the world, and all the stuff that goes in the context of formal training, The the crucible of trying to get through their program together, the lunches and shared times together, the prayer times in class, the arguments that you have with fellow uh, students about different theological issues or different biblical interpretations, hey, that's all part of building the network. I look back on people that I went to school with. They're still my friends these many years later. Some of my lifelong friends are still those people that I went through that formal training experience with. So... What I'm trying to say today is if you're a ministry leader, I really believe you need formal training to be able to do your ministry the most effectively over a lifetime of service. I know it's challenging, I know. The needs are great, there's an urgency of the hour, you wanna get on with it, the demands of your life and your family and your time, I get all that. But the most significant professionals in our culture who make the greatest impact are the people who take the time to get the real training they need so that they have a foundation for a lifetime of service in their field that makes such a difference. Ministry leaders are no different. We need that kind of training. And if you're already in ministry and you already have that training, then you need to be the person who's encouraging your staff, your associates, the people around you that you're mentoring, the people that are in your program that you're training, the young guys and young gals that are just getting started. You need to be the one saying to them, hey, You need some formal training. Let me help you get it. This is one part of what it means to give a life, a life of ministry service. It's a part of the training you need to sustain you over the long haul. Do it for the good of the kingdom as you lead on.